The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not those of GUI Network, their sponsors, or any of the properties mentioned. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity. Well, it's a podcast, so you won't see the nudity. I just do it to make the guest uncomfortable. In a world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels, only one podcast has the guts to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. Hello, geeks, and welcome to another amazing episode of Smack My Pitch Up, the podcast that reboots, remakes, reimagines, sequels, sidequels, and adapts some of your favorite and least favorite properties from film, television, and whatever else we decide to do that week. And with me, as always, my faithful companion into the realms of remakes, we got Tondi Woodard here. How do? <laughs> How do? I wanted to say hello Indeed. in Russian, but I could not remember what hello in Russian is. Yeah, I think I have, was it? Nine? No, that's German. I don't know any Russian, actually. We all know Dostvedanyev. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's yeah. all I've got. And uh, that's about as close to Russian as Arnold Schwarzenegger sounds in this next movie <laughs> that we are talking about on Smack My Pitch Up. I was about to say he does his best. He doesn't even try. Can I tell you that I uh, I chose this movie, and I'm sorry. Like, it's not... <laughs> it's not... I remembered it being fun, and it's not unfun, but it's not good. It's not like 80s movies have their own vibe or whatever, and this is like the ultimate mediocre representation of mediocre 80s. I know a lot of stuff happens in this movie, but it does feel like nothing happens in this movie. It's just yeah. like they, they walk from like point A to point said, B. Just do an 80s. Walter Hill's like, you know what, guys? Just do, Just be 80s guys. Just be 80s guys, and that'll be... The movie that we put out is you guys being 80s guys. Just do that. It should have been understood just by the casting that they had the lesser Belushi in this movie. <laughs> and that should have been enough to know that, okay, we're just phoning this in. This is not, nobody needs to really go for it on this one. Because Belushi, he's clearly the comic relief character. Like the smartass, grizzled cop from Chicago character. But there's nothing funny about him at all. Like he's just. It's, it's not, he's not even annoying. He's just a non-existent. And he's supposed this. to be funny because he's supposed to be like irascibly charming or whatever, but he's, yeah. he's just irritating. And it's, yeah, you feel what they're going for with this as an eighties movie. And it just, it doesn't all the way work. It's not bad. It's not terrible. It's just a wet fart of an eighties action movie. I will say the best part of this movie for me has to be hands down. Not that there's a really big competition here but when they're playing chicken with buses that was really i'm like okay you know what that's new i'm i've not seen that there's a whole movie about a bus driving fast didn't go against another bus it was just one bus yeah, sure so sure why not yeah everybody should die here but they're not or whatever and it doesn't matter like i feel like the climax is really anticlimactic it even though it's a big set piece it doesn't go it doesn't feel hard enough when it ends and Schwarzenegger just ends the movie. He just ends the, oh, the guy. Okay, you're gone. 
needs a fight of some like Schwarzenegger and Belushi fighting like fifty guys or something. That's the thing. Schwarzenegger doesn't even really fight a lot of people in this. He shoots a couple folks, but yep. there's not a lot, get a lot the of hand to hand. Yeah, the, and the, the naked fight in the snow, which is it's fun. <laughs> that's fun. That's fun. That is fun. Yeah, definitely. But we are talking about, if you didn't realize from the title of this episode, we're talking about the movie Red Heat, some classic 80s Arnold Schwarzenegger action, a uh, buddy cop movie from Russia meets Chicago, I guess, was the Yes, one of the most idea. 80s that ever 80'd with the lesser Belushi. Also, this is like the tail end of the Cold War. This movie's coming out and you're rooting for the Russian operative this whole time, which is... That's a weird, that's a weird choice. This, I, I no. So it's not about rooting for the Russian operative. It's about rooting for the police. Oh, he's right. the police and you're supporting the, it's the, because even he's, ah, we are not politicians. It's okay for us to be, to like each other or whatever. It's about respecting the police and supporting the police. The working man, basically. It's, it's the work, it's the respect for the working man, whether they're Russian or American or, or whatever. And the heroic 80s style police that don't do anything wrong. It's just, they're fighting against a corrupt world, no matter what country they're in. I had a, a roller coaster of emotion at one moment in this movie where they're talking about drugs in their countries and yeah, Miami they're turning into Miami. Yeah. And Arnold is like in our country, we, in our country, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. They, <laughs> We're having issues with like drugs coming in from China. So they rounded up all of all the drug addicts, all of the drug dealers and like, took them to the square and like, sh killed them, like just shot them. And yeah. Belushi's response to that wasn't like, oh, fuck, that's hardcore. He was like, yeah, they won't let us do that here. It's unfortunate. Like the politicians won't let us do that. And Schwarzenegger's like, then you tie them up and you shoot them first. And Belushi's like, huh. And so... First, he's talking rounding up the drug dealers and the drug addicts and like shooting them. I'm like, fuck, that's hardcore. And then he's like, just murder the politicians. I'm like, well, <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. And Belushi's like, no, we gotta, we gotta kind of follow the law. And it, they make light of the American justice system as it stands to protect the citizenry in this movie, basically. It's super hardcore, like pro police state, which is it really is. They're like, the world's on fire because of darkies and foreigners or whatever, and the only way they protect it is to have this hardcore, no rules, no holds barred police state. And everybody's on board. Like, that. that is, I really didn't dive that deep into the thought process between the Chicago police and these Russians that are showing up that are the enemy of the country, but they're all cops. So they're like, oh, you kill innocents too? Cool. Great. Okay. <laughs> We're like, that is buck wild. What is Buddy, nice about a movie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With a movie like this, though, there is so much room to build from it that it, it does make for an interesting choice for a smack my pitch up. Because it, it does, because it, you don't have to respect the movie. There's nothing to hold no. sacrosanct in this circumstance. You can go hog wild. And one thing that I really wanted to dig into more with mine is that Russia and the States aren't on the best of terms like that just kind of gets glazed over if anything it was more they, they acted almost like they were buddies but they still got to be careful about your state secrets that was the kind of energy <laughs> that they were playing with each other it's like don't trust americans don't trust the russians and that's it 
I really want to inject a little bit more of the Cold War energy back into this. Although my version is a modern take. It takes place in the modern day. But I just, there's so many weird choices in this movie for it to come out as just like a perfectly fine, mediocre movie. Tom, or Jim Belushi, Jim Belushi and, uh, and Arnold hanging out together. It was like the Kmart version of True Lies with Tom Arnold. You got the, the kind of like Rubenesque like cop and then the, the hardcore badass dude working together. But True Lies worked. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, uh, it's interesting because Walter Hill has directed some of our favorite movies, including a movie we've done a pitch on before. He was the director of The Warriors. Oh, wow. This is yeah. so far removed from the whimsy of The Warriors. Yeah. It's so different from The Warriors. He was the director of Streets of Fire. It's different from that. He directed both 48 Hours, which are actually pretty decent, but tonally are very similar to this. They sure. just, uh, stars, they work better. They have better synchronicity, maybe. I don't know, because yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a big freaking movie star, and actually Jim Belushi can be okay, as I remembered, because I saw this in the theater back in the day. I thought he was okay in this, but uh, yeah, this is a little bit obnoxious. Maybe it's just a product of so much time having passed, but. Yeah, I don't know, but I am interested to see how we decide to build upon this, this very simple structure. Basic gist is there is a Russian former operative or current operative that goes to the States to work out a drug deal to move Coke into Russia. And Arnold is tapped to go get him. Oh, he's a career criminal. He's a career criminal. Oh, career criminal. Yeah. And he's mother Russia doesn't want to look bad in the face of the Americans and the rest of the world by having drugs like brought into their country. Arnold goes to stop him basically to get him without airing the dirty laundry of what he gets stopped for. Cause he gets stopped for like a unregistered gun, right? Is that the, well, Arnold goes after him because he killed his partner. Sure. That's why he gets, that's why he gets tapped basically is that, yeah, you're going to do a good job here going after this guy. And, and he kind of does. I like this. I'm injecting a little more plot into this. Mine is a modern day take. It has a stylized action kind of vibe to it where everybody is able, everybody looks good. Nobody's tripping over themselves. It's not like a, it's not so much comedic as it is kind of fun mm-hmm. in its approach. Some comedic moments, but definitely more of a just straight up like over like stylized action kind of movie. And for me, uh, Ivan Donko was a very hard casting choice. I needed somebody that was, if not Russian, able to do a decent Russian accent. So that required a little bit of research. I decided to go with a kind of a, a you think of him like he would be an action star and he's done some action movies, but he's done more dramas than he's done action movies is Tom Hardy. Oh, yeah. Tom Hardy is an action star and he's a great dramatic actor. He's both things. And I think there's a stoic sense that he has, especially if you saw Lawless, he's really good in that, that I think would lend itself to playing an Ivan Donko kind of character. And he was in a movie called Child 44, where he had a Russian accent, and it was good. It was a decent Russian accent. It wasn't too over the top. It wasn't my favorite Russian accent, which is clearly John Malkovich in Rounders. That is <laughs> definitely that is still made fun of today, yeah. I need to find the shirt. I found a shirt that it says, Pie him, pie the man his money on the shirt. I need that shirt. 
It's brilliant. If you haven't seen Rounders, the movie's whatever. It's a fine movie, I guess. But was it you that no, it was a YouTube video I saw recently? Who was in that movie with him? One of his co-stars. There was oh, who was in it? Matt Matt Damon was in it, I think. I think and it was Matt Damon. So Malkovich is doing the pay him his money. He's doing the horrible Russian accent or whatever. And everybody's like, oh, yay, John Malkovich. And Matt Damon's like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And then <laughs> there's, a, the, the, there's a scene break, and Malkovich sees the confusion on Matt Damon's face, and he looks across the table at him, and he's like, I'll tell you a secret. I'm a terrible actor. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. That is incredible. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I thoroughly suggest if you haven't seen Rounders, it's worth it just for Malkovich's <laughs> bits in it. It's so fucking good. But yeah, Tom Hardy can actually do a Russian accent, play Ivan Donk. This version of the film, Ivan is drafted to go after a former military asset, Victor Rostovili. Rostovili. Yeah, former former Ukrainian picked up by the by Russia to do cyber warfare basically he's a hacker type person he his estranged daughter and not wife the Gina Gershon character I switched mm-hmm. from wife because they never even have any moments of chemistry or anything and it doesn't matter I feel like a daughter has a little bit more like oomph to it and their relationships are a little different here his estranged daughter is young adult living in the America is doing her thing he really just has been absent from her life, wants to do stuff best by her and seeing this vast amount of corruption that's happening within his country and also within the United States, partly a cocaine shipment that is getting ready to be shipped to Russia, courtesy of the CIA as a means of trying to, like they did in, with crack in LA uh, in the, uh, in the eighties. Destabilization. Yeah. What they don't realize is that Russia's already got crocodiles, so Coke doesn't do dick for them. <laughs> like, co- cocaine is like a cup of coffee, but... <laughs> Could you sprinkle anyway, some bath salts on this? Right? But he decides, since there's this large amount of cocaine and money being exchanged between governments in a super secret way that he has access to the information on where it is, he can steal it or and use that as a means of getting money from both governments, pitting them against each other and getting out of Dodge with his daughter while they go fighting one another. He's basically setting up the governments to blame each other for the disappearing Coke and uh, and using the money that he gets from extorting to basically disappear off the map with his daughter. That's his plan. And it goes awry. It does not work. Ivan Nanko gets sent out by the Russian government to stop him because if he gets caught by the Americans, he has a ton of Russian secrets that he would probably very handily hand over in exchange for his freedom. So he's a danger to the Russian military and the CIA is doing something super fucking underhanded and he knows about it. And so they want to quiet him before the word gets out that the CIA is trafficking cocaine to Russia. So both governments are after him. Ivan Danko is kind of in the middle, not realizing after he gets to America, that this is some dirty pool that's being played. And Victor Rostolivili is a <laughs> unhinged weirdo that he has to basically track down and try to get the information from without everybody dying. Um, so Ivan Nanko's Tom Hardy, his partner, played by Jim Pelushi in the original Art Ridzik. I'm going to go ahead and do Chris Pratt 
for this one. He is married to Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter, and I thought it would be kind of fun <laughs> to cast fun him connection. in this. And just ha- him putting on like a shitty mustache like he had in one of the Guardians movies. He had a mustache for like two seconds in, in one of the Avengers movies or something. Give him a shitty mustache, make him like a grizzled Chicago cop that's trying to do one-liners, but they don't land very well against Tom Hardy, who's stoic and just not having any of it. I think the uncomfortable nature of that relationship would make for actually really funny moments. It would be, Um, man, Tom Hardy would eat Pratt alive. Would eat him alive, absolutely. (laughs) Pratt would be like, doopity doo, dance or something, and Tom Hardy would just stare through him. (laughs) Be incredible. In the meantime, they're trying to chase down Victor Rostovili, who is played by the incomparable Peter Stormare. Oh, perfect. That's so, basically Peter Stormare's 75% of his career is playing that guy. He's playing the big old weirdo, like, Eastern European guy. Don't even give him fucking lines. Let him just make them up, and it will be a better <laughs> movie, honestly. Peter Stormare, if you're not familiar, he was one of the nihilists in The Big Lebowski. He's, he was the fucking devil fuck. in Constantine. He did the, was it the VW commercials for a little bit, right? I think. Did he? I did that, but I... Yeah. He's, he's done everything. He is incredible. He is such a blast to watch on screen. He'll steal every moment. Then Lieutenant Stobbs, played by Lawrence Fishburne, in a horribly underutilized role. They didn't do shit with him in this movie. He was just there to be that guy. He wasn't, Lord, he wasn't Larry Fishburne yet, so but it's, I wanted it's working. To give, <laughs> I wanted to give the little more gravitas to the lieutenant in the Fishburne can do, don't get me wrong, but... I wanted to give the role a little bit more gravitas and still have mm-hmm. an actor that can have that kind of intensity that you want from a lieutenant. So Denzel, all day, make him like an angry lieutenant character. And then the daughter, Kat Manzetti, is her mother's name was Manzetti. She took her mother's name. The daughter of Victor Rostovili. I went with Mia Kunis, who is actually fluent in Russian. And, yeah, and she, is part she Russian. has the look. And she has the look, so I think she would make for a good estranged daughter character to Peter Stormare. <laughs> would be definitely. I could one hundred percent see that that relationship. And with Chris Pratt, with Denzel Washington, a stylized action movie. I went with the director Anton Fuqua to set this up and hit it out of the park. Oh, that'd be a he, good time, and. and- it's interesting because Anton Fuqua, I don't think, has ever made like a movie that has fun energy. I think his movies do have lots of energy, but it's all threatening. It's all a little bit more intense, but he has done the straight-ahead action film that doesn't have a lot of depth to it. And he's also done oh, the yeah. really good, thoughtful, like borderline artistic action film mm-hmm. as well. So I think him being able to play with the full-speed-ahead action film but have an awkward comedic tone to it, I think would be, mm-hmm. he got close with Magnificent Seven. Like he did almost get there just because of the kind of actors that he had in those roles. This casting, I think he would be impossible not to get some funny moments between Tom Hardy and Chris Pratt. Peter Stormare talking to Mia Kunis. Kunis talking to Chris Pratt and Tom Hardy and Chris mm-hmm. Pratt flirting a bit and Tom Hardy being very not okay with it. And just there, all the relationships I think would be very fun to see on screen. Now there'd be some fun energy to see them play off of each other. Yeah. Little uh, intensity so, there too. Anybody with Tom Hardy, there's going to be some, some intensity. 
Absolutely. And that's why I wanted Tom Hardy is to be the anchor of this, because with those other actors, there is a good chance that this would just get away from the director. Mm -hmm. With Tom Hardy, he's a really good actor, and he is able to play that intense character. And if he holds that down, it keeps everybody at a level where the fun can still be there, but it's still held down as a straight-ahead action film. So yeah, that is my pitch for, for Red Heat. I would enjoy seeing that. I only have one beef, which is that you made old-ass Denzel a lieutenant where he should be the police captain. That's okay. That is a fair assessment. But also, police captain's not going out and getting shotgun shot at him on the street. So That is true. He's in the office asking for guns and badges for (laughs) cops that do things their own way. Turn in your badge. (laughs) Turn in your badge. You're the best we got. It's a damn shame. (laughs) We have rules in this department. I don't like I don't like how you do things, but damn it, you get results. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 80s captain, you're a treasure. <laughs> Why isn't there a parody movie just called 80s police captain? And it's just disgruntled it's 80s like police captain. Wide open disgruntled police captain would be fucking incredible. I'd be there it's, for it's it. It's because not enough people still smoke cigars, maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> yes, that would be a lot of fun. Because Tom Selleck has retired his mustache and I don't know if you've ever watched Blue Bloods, but Tom Selleck is awesome. Tom Selleck makes you want to be Republican. That's how awesome oh, Tom wow. Selleck is, is like a is like an old, like staid and a respectable white man. You're like, man, you guys have some really good ideas. Tom Selleck is good. He is good at his if you watched him on Magnum PI and you saw him now, you'd be like, Wow, that is quite a transformation, but he is he's a joy to watch as like the respected you remember back when john mccain was running for president you saw john mccain you were like you know what i wouldn't i'm not gonna vote for you but i I respect you john mccain i almost felt the same way about romney uh also like guys who present respectability even if i don't agree with their policies i'm like oh you won't be a monster especially now in retrospect when actual monsters have taken over the landscape of the right of American politics. Sure. And uh, yeah, Tom Selleck as a human being is a callback to a different time. You only use the N word at home in Tom Selleck's world. It's just, uh, you don't take it out into public. (laughs) I pictured old Tom Selleck as living in a log cabin near a Creek with his dog. And he wears like one of those puffy vests on dewy, slightly chilly mornings as he's out there fishing. Yeah, and then he comes down the street, and he's like, you got some problems with your house. I see your roof needs some work. Let's get up there. But I'm sleeping. I'm tired, Tom Selleck. I'll be up on the roof. I'll meet you up there when you get up. And Tom Selleck, like, fixes your roof because he's that kind of neighbor. (laughs) That's the kind of Tom Selleck that lives in my mind. That's the one that those Hallmark movies where there's, like, the racist neighbor, but he's not actually racist. He just, he, like, treats everybody with respect, but he just doesn't like, like, blacks or something but there's no example of him being shitty at any point to anyone but that's just like a thrown in character thing that doesn't make sense that's tom Selleck. where (laughs) he's clint eastwood if clint eastwood's characters didn't actually actively complain about yellow people and black people oh man (laughs) who i'm just thinking of gran torino and some of the moments in that movie were whoo yeah. Or, uh, a lot. Man, it's kind of a shame. This is a little tangent, but it's kind of a shame that all of our, our grizzled, like, old school actors, 
have been become monsters over the course of time. You can be that person. You're old. Of course you're that person. That's fine. Just shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up and be awesome. Uh, you know who I think of all the time because I'm like, man, you are just a treasure on screen and you should be in real movies and not these things produced directly by, by like, conservative interests. James Woods. James Woods yeah. is a an incredible screen presence and the dude's a monster. It's okay to be a monster. Just be a monster silently and get your paper and continue to entertain us. I don't. I think he kind of showed his hand a little bit in John Carpenter's Vampires because he was such a prick in that movie. And you're like, he's doing this too. Like James Wood is a he's good actor, everybody. but he's not that. He's not that good of an actor. Like, that was just him killing vampires. That wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't playing a character at that point. He, he was like saying racist shit. Like he was just smoking a cigar and just being an asshole to everybody. You're like, that's the. That's actually the most real James Wood has ever been on screen. He's an incredible asshole. He's an incredible asshole. But all right, tangent over my pitch. <laughs> okay. All right. So Got you, lost I, the I do the serious take. The remix is remix. all on you. Remix. Wiki, wiki, wiki. So uh, my inspiration for this pitch came from Schwarzenegger's line that I mentioned earlier where he's it's okay to like each other. We're not politicians. And I'm like, but what if they were politicians? And so the angle I'm coming at this from is... Because it's not a good movie, I don't have to respect anything. I'm going batshit crazy, ball to the wall. My movie takes place in a world where, what if they were politicians? But in this world, politicians are, they're all Chuck Norris, basically. Every world leader is like Teddy Roosevelt or like Vladimir <laughs> Putin. They're like, oh, you right. could probably kill a guy with your bare hands. And in this world, they come into direct conflict. So there's like fisticuffs. And tough, everybody's like an 80s tough guy with 80s tough guy interactions, direct conflict, like old white dudes and old white ladies beating each other up directly because that's just the tone of this world. The, the leader is the strongest person, basically. Like Sunday church every week is the church scene from The Kingsman. It's, okay, yeah. cool. Whipping some ass, yes. So in my skew of this movie, what if they were politicians basically what happens is that the premier of russia who is played by john cena and he's russian premier victor Rostov rostovili is involved in a situation where he's basically trying to get access to some crypto and in that conflict he comes into direct conflict with mickey rourke who is the president of belarus yuri ogakarov which was the partner of Schwarzenegger who got killed and he kills him. He kills him with his bare hands and his best friend, the president of Poland is out for revenge. And <laughs> <laughs> what they find out is that the crypto keys are actually in America. The physical keys are in America. They're stored on a server somewhere in America. That's the information he has. So he does like what is kind of disguised as a, uh, a political visit to America, John Cena's character, the Russian premier does, and the Polish president, Ivan Danko, who is played by, not doing a Russian accent or a Polish accent at all, Gerard Butler is Ivan Danko. <laughs> yes! <laughs> follows the Russian premier to America and has a coming together scene with a former American president, former president Art Ridzik, 
God, you son of a bitch, I need help. And they do the predator handshake, that kind of thing. And yes. Art Ridzik is played by Will Smith, who is doing a very thinly veiled, basically Barack Obama. Will Smith is playing action <laughs> Barack Obama. Yes. So they... <laughs> I, they I come love this because just to have a side quill where it's just a UN meetup and it's just a Royal Rumble. Like, that's all it is. It's just Royal yeah. Rumble. Every time the UN gets together, it's just them in a ring beating the shit out of each other. Perfect for the world stage that I, I have set here. But so they meet in America, do the muscle handshake. They bring in the former Secretary of State, Maxine Gallagher, who was Ridzik's partner in the first movie. Maxine Gallagher is played by Charlize Theron, and she's basically doing Hillary Clinton. No wishes. <laughs> they bring in this third to help. Huge action scene. She is killed by the premier of Russia. So they get in a huge set piece fight, and he beats the shit out of her and kills her. And then that murder necessitates the involvement of the current presidential administration, which is, as President Lou Donnelly, who was the captain, President Lou Donnelly is Liam Neeson. Basically, Liam Neeson doing Joe Biden, and <laughs> he can't help directly, can't be involved directly, so he gets his VP, his lieutenant, to oversee the, the operation of these two world leaders coming together to, to try to take down the Russian premier in America, covert. His vice president, Louise Stobbs, is Aisha Tyler. Yes. And <laughs> so they have action scenes through D.C. into some other parts of the country back to D.C., in their little game of cat and mouse, Rostavili has American allies, his American allies taking the place of the black nationalists or whatever they were in the original movie, ultra-nationalist whites, known as the hard lads, and their uh, congressional ally is a person known as Portia Adams-Veld. And so that's their congresswoman that's helping the ultra-nationalist hard lads help Rostavili kills Veld because she can't actually help him. She fails. In, when you fail a Russian, you get murdered. So he, she kills Veld, or he kills Veld, and the game of cat and mouse continues, and then it ends with a big-ass fight on the steps of the Lincoln Monument with Danko and Ridzik tag-teaming to beat the shit out of the bigger, stronger Rustavili, and they beat the Russian to premier to death in front of the Lincoln Monument. <laughs> <laughs> And then, the, not enough. Not enough people get beaten to death in front of the Lincoln Monument. Really, like I that's feel. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so the movie's almost over, and but uh, basically they're like, oh, but what happened to the crypto keys? And then Danko finds out that former President Ridzik had the keys all along. He passes them off to the Polish president, who then takes the crypto keys and the money that comes with that back to his country. And scene. Yes. I'm here for just, I want a series of movies to exist in this world that you've created. You can just take whatever 80s action movie and just do a version of it in this 80s action hero politician world that you've created. <laughs> I want to see it. It would be big fun. And so uh, my directors for this, a lot of their brand is just like parodying 80s action iconography. It drives a lot of what they find humorous. Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I'm thinking like a Team America vibe going through this movie. And I was like, man, the idea itself is very Trey Parker and Matt Stone. So those are my directors for this project. 
I'm now realizing that the thing that the world has missed is them doing an action movie. They've done <laughs> Team America yeah. with puppets, but I mean like a live action movie. I think the world is ready. I think we're ready for it. Yeah, I would love to see because it'd be a good time. They, I don't think they would do a straight action movie. They'd still try to parody something, and it would oh, sure. be a good time. Hell yeah. I'm here for it. Sweet. Red Heat. I don't know, man. Like, this could be paired with basically any 80s action movie, especially Buddy Cop thing. I was thinking, like, Running Scared. Oh, definitely. They could, I think go, on vac- Chicago, they could go on dude. vacation for 40 minutes with the fellas <laughs> in the middle right? of the movie. I've always wanted to see that action movie where you just have two separate movies that come out around the same time. And there's just one scene that is in both movies where like they kind of enter into each other's like walk by each other. How you doing? (laughs) Or they're chasing their own bad guys, but they end up driving next to each other during a car chase or something and looking at each other like, huh? And then they just trail off in different directions. And then the movies continue, but there's just that one shared moment in both movies would be incredible. Yeah, that would be incredible. That'd be incredible. I feel like that is the kind of thing that would take place probably in the past 20 years. I feel like there could easily have been a scene like that with the mocking of pop culture generally. And also the crossover culture because crossovers bring money. So, yeah. Yeah, true. I'd love Very to true. see that. We've got one last little bit to do here, and that is our trailers. Uh, some people's favorite, some people's least favorite <laughs> from, <laughs> from the show. I'm going to get some music together and get that going. From visionary director Anton Fuqua comes a new Cold War. This summer, Ivan Danko, played by Tom Hardy, teams up with hardened Chicago detective Art Ridzik, played by Chris Pratt, as they try to stop the world from being handed a Coke. (laughs) This this summer, Peter Stormare plays Victor Rostovini, a broken man just trying to find a way to re- insert himself into his daughter's life and one big secret coke deal could be the answer watch as russia and america team up to fight the drug trade and that they also are facilitating a bit it's kind of a problem this summer red heat iran contra (laughs) part two that is that is good times. I'm not ready for this at all. You know how I used to write all my uh, trailers? I haven't written a trailer in a while, so I am winging it yet again. You wing it a little better than me, though, so I still have faith. I used to say that I did the Justin Roiland thing, but I don't think that is a phrase that I can use anymore. Or Ooh, yeah, just, you probably not, not, not do, say that out not loud. Not say yeah. that out loud. <laughs> what I mean is People that I just People start looking at your it. text messages if you start. <laughs> yeah, right. What I mean is that I just go, oh, and then stuff happens. So let's see. So you're doing your wackadoo 80s action hero politician uh, version here with Trey Parker and Matt Stone. That is correct. Excellent. All right. Let me cue up the music. The 44 Magnum is the most powerful handgun in the world. No. The most powerful hand weapons in the world are these four fists. Let's get him. From the minds of Trey Parker and Matt Stone, coming at you, President Will Smith, President, oh God, Scottish guy, <laughs> other president, frame farting, and premier John Cena, Andrew R. Butler, are in a three-way conflict to make the world safe for cryptocurrency, as they bring the red 
Heat. <laughs> the Scottish guy. I love it. I love it. That's great. <laughs> you have you've done Russia proud with that retelling of their national movie Red Heat. Yeah, uh, it is yeah. a national treasure. It's like the battleship Potemkin, and then Red Heat is a close. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> so. That was a really good time. I think we, not that the bar was very high, but I think we actually outdid the original, much like John Carpenter's The Thing. Sometimes the remake is better than the original. We're just, yeah, just I think we did. Jumping rope we, over We should this, do more uh, shitty movies, I think. I think we should stop doing these darlings and just start picking stuff from the 99 cent bin. And that's what we do the, the pitch max on 90 cent, 99 cent bin movies. I don't think that's a bad call, but you do know that path leads to at some point doing Battlefield Earth. Uh, this, I don't want to do the Scientologist movie. I oh. don't either. But I think, honestly, there are a few movies where the premise is decent, but the execution was terrible that we could possibly have a lot of fun putting our own little spin on. So I think we're going to dig in a little bit deeper into this territory <laughs> for future episodes. It's a new podcast. Yay. <laughs> Tondi, thank you so much again for joining me on this adventure. Through Thank Chicago's you, Mean Streets this time. Although not Mean Streets, that's a far superior movie. But <laughs> yeah, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, all the things you do for podcasts for this show. We are going to be releasing regularly. So you can definitely expect a lot more weird and fun content coming your way from Smack My Pitch Up. Make sure to check out all the other shows on the network at goipodcast.com. Make sure to check out Dondi's other show. My handle is Jonathan Blade. Uh, it's about the musings of internet citizen Jonathan Blade, who happens to be me. Me! Me! So, check all that stuff out, and we'll find you next time for another episode. I'm Mike the Hobbit. And I'm Tondi. And uh, you just got this pitch smacked out of you. Yeah, just like your communism, bitches! Get to the remake! <laughs> no, that was terrible. <laughs> GUIPodcast.com <laughs>